I'm your producer, Todd Bartu, and this is Offshore Explorer. Offshore Explorer looks at the world from the Mariner's point of view, port by port. Together, we share stories that detail the important intersections between sailing, culture, and life, past, present, and future. Coming up in today's episode, you heard his story in episode 2, Why Haven't You Left? And you heard his music in our previous episodes. That's right, folks. It's Tommy Twang. But first, let me introduce our host, a lifelong sailor who has traveled the world, raced international for teens, and crossed the Atlantic countless times, and a published author who has written for both stage and screen, Mr. Scott Dodson. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today is uh, going to be a special day for us. I have been relating stories to you, my dear audience, for a number of of episodes, and today we're going to have our first interview. And I decided to, uh, my safest choice was to interview um, maybe my best friend, a sailor, an artist, a musician, a builder. He's done a lot of things, but I think the one important thing about him is he's just a kind and spiritually beautiful person. So um, we're going to go, and I'm going to introduce you to Tommy. That's great. But before we get into that, uh, there was one thing that I actually wanted to ask you about. Oh. And see if you can guess what is the most important thing that our listeners could do right now. They could... Uh, share us, subscribe, and write a beautiful review. Yes, and we've we've gotten some amazing reviews, some great comments on the last couple of stories. Um, the last episode that we had, write your own story. I think we got uh, an amazing response to that. Um, what have you heard, Scott? Well, I mean, I think everybody has been very, very generous. Um, I've heard everything from. Um, that that they this one guy Uve uh, wrote me a note saying I love to listen to your podcast because I can listen to it and um, I enjoy it and it's not crazy and it's I enjoy the stories I enjoy listening to your voice it's very smooth and comforting people people love listening people love listening to the stories they. They seem to be inspired by them, and um, uh, it's been it's been a very very positive experience. And we thank everybody that listens to us, and and um, we will try to do our best and and keep bringing you things of things of interest. Yeah, well, we love hearing from you guys. So uh, if you like what you hear, definitely let us know. Um, all right, so take it away, Scott. All right. Please state your name. <laughs> oh, hey. Okay. I'm Tom. I'm Tommy Twang. Uh, Tommy Twang. Ta- Tommy Tento's Twang. A.K.A. Tom Ibisovich. 
I love Tama Visevich. You know, I don't yeah. think I've ever said your last name more than three times in the last whatever, 10 years or whatever, three yeah. or five years or whatever it is. It seems like a lifetime. So It's a Croatian name. Croatian. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are you eating or chewing something? Um, no. <laughs> Do I? I was just <laughs> using... I had a mouthful of Rice Krispies, but I just got rid of it. So everything is good now. I can talk without interruption or excess mouth noises. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yeah, because uh, this is this is uh, going to be hard. I can tell. Um, so any case, any case, any case, any case. It should be easy. I don't know if it's going to be hard. Do you think it's going to be hard? No, no, no. I'm recording it right now, so we'll, you know, we'll pick and choose all the little silliness that we do anyway. So, oh, okay. It's uh, great to be here with my super best friend, Tommy Tentos Twang, otherwise known as Tommy Ivisevich, uh, a last name I never use. Uh, you say it well. I said it well. Okay, good, good. It's a secret name. Um, otherwise known as TI in the, in the business, but, uh, Tom, uh, welcome to offshore podcast. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for the invite, Scott. Well, we're going to have today. We're going to talk about a little bit about sailing. Tommy and I have had our boats have been sharing the same gangway for a number of years. So every morning, uh, I would roll out of bed and go onto the aft deck with my cup of coffee, and Tommy would roll out of bed and come onto the aft deck of his sailboat, and we would swap and tell stories. So I thought, uh, and this was every day, and um, you know, we talk about a lot of different kinds of subjects, and anybody that's been around sailing and hung around the docks or lived on a boat down the docks knows this some of the best stories you've ever heard are on the docks, and sometimes they're pretty boring. But in most cases, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in most cases they were pretty boring. So anyway, Tom, uh, Tom, tell us a little. Tell our audience. I know the story, of course, but could you just tell the audience uh, some of the stuff you've done? Because I think Tom is a is a perfect example of a real American mariner, and he's certainly an example of a very fine gentleman, um, but we don't want to pass that around. But that's just my opinion. Also, Tom has got a number of interesting accomplishments and has done a number of different things. Um, he's uh, a busker, plays an amazing guitar, and he has a tremendous memory for song lyrics, which always amazes me that that's a skill I've never had. Tom has been in a lot of stuff. But anyway, Tom, why don't you, why don't you sort of give us the quick thumbnail biography and, and, and at the end tell us the, what kind of boat you're on. All right. Well, a little biography is uh, I was born and raised in San Pedro, which is the harbor town of Los Angeles, uh, port of Los Angeles. And from my um, house up on the hill, I could look down and see the harbor. 
and I've always wanted to uh, be able to have a boat and and sail away any part of the world where things were nice and people were nice to each other because I had kind of a traumatic childhood. Anyway, now I, I am on a boat in the Los Angeles Harbor and I can look up on that hill and see where my house was. So anyway, it's come full circle for me and I have my boat. Anyway, to, to start a long story short, I, uh, I'm a, a designer and builder of things mainly is what I like to do. I, I like to write songs. I sing on the, I've played and sang for money before. I've had a, a career as a musician and, um, let me, let me think now. I, um, I've all, all the things that I build, I built a, uh, about a hundred houses up in Northern California and, and, uh, life earlier ago. I also built a replica of the Wright brothers airplane. I did it all by myself. Well, with the help of the community, cause I didn't have any money. And everyone donated their time and money for me. And uh, I was able to put together this replica of a Wright Brothers airplane that I flew. I'm a licensed pilot. And I flew it 247 times. I've since sold it. Wow. And it's in a museum in Israel right now. Fantastic. That's very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Well, I had fun building a slide also for a nightclub in San Francisco. It was an adult-sized slide. It was a serpentine slide. You know, you take some curves and corners. And it was for a speakeasy in San Francisco, a nightclub uh, converted into a, uh, from a speakeasy, converted into a nightclub. And it had a normal entrance on the street level which was just a little ante room when you enter. And then there are, there's a slide that I built and you take the slide and you slide down into the basement where the whole nightclub is <laughs> and you make a grand entrance. It's really is cool. It, is it still on? Is it still there or no? It's still there. Yeah. It's called slide. That's the oh. name of the uh, club. It's called slide. You can Google That's it, Funny, but it's still there. And, um, but I got sued because somebody hurt themselves, so I still owe somebody $125,000, but I don't know how that's going to ever get transferred. My $1,200 I got today, so I'm really happy about that. So I, this, what kind of, tell, tell us about um, your boat. Let's just talk about your boat for a brief minute. Oh, okay. My boat is a 32-foot it's called a um, Northeast 32, and it's 32 foot long on deck. It's uh, got a, a little room up in the bow, the V-berth room, and then it has a regular cabin that I mainly stay quarantined in with a bunk and, and my TV, and then it has a little galley. It is a cutter-rigged sloop which means it has two sails in front of the mast and one sail in the back. It has a little 32-foot um, motor in it. And uh, I've taken this boat a number of places. It's a good little cruising boat. It's built for the high seas, 
So I can actually take this boat anywhere in the world. It's uh, built so sturdy. And uh, it was built back in the late 70s when they were just learning about fiberglass and boats and they overbuilt them. So my boat is really built like a tank. And uh, but I've sailed it down to uh, San Diego. I've sailed it up to San Francisco. And then I spent a lot of time sailing it around the. around here in the Southern California area. I've sailed it up to the cat, uh, to Catalina many times and, uh, up to the channel islands once. So I get around with it right now. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be sailing next week on it. I don't know how far I'm going to go, but, um, I just need to get out and, uh, sail this thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to leave. Yeah. That's the thing. You don't want to leave your boat in the marina too long because it's just boats are designed to move the more they move the better they are the more the systems work the more everything is better and it's also fantastic for your head well tom uh, you made this really great trip uh down, well, from Los Angeles, down the Mexican coast, all the way down to the Panama Canal, and through the canal and up to Houston on a boat delivery. And I know that was a big, uh, it was a big deal. A lot of things went on. So um, could you just tell us a little bit about it? And, and, and how, how far is it from Los Angeles to the Panama Canal, would you say? It is about uh, 2,800 miles. Yeah, all coastal sailing. Right, right. Well, the coast goes in and out, and so we're out in the ocean a bit, and then also um, close to the shore. Yeah. How big was the boat? Because we go in a straight. It was a um, 42-foot Formosa, which is a... Uh, William Garden design boat, which is a real traditional kind of looking boat, has really nice lines. It's uh, it's a handsome boat from uh, from the past. It was built in 1969, but the features of the boat, it's just a classic design. And you're proud to bring the boat into harbor uh and be on it when you when you come up into the uh guest slip and people are watching it and they say nice boat you know it's it, it was a really nice boat what it what it was um my friend uh, let's call him poindexter for uh <laughs> anonymity's sake <laughs> and, and it, uh is this is this is the whole story folks this is this is this is people that come at you with theories that have been disproven many, many times. Uh, oh, yeah. It's sort of like arguing with zombies. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. So, Tommy, I'm going to let you describe, and don't forget to tell us about the rigging and what he did for the rigging. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, Poindexter had a, had a friend helping him. Let's, let's just, for, for good sake, call him Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> Clavin, but no, just Cliff. And um, he would help Poindexter for, they worked on this boat for like almost three years. 
getting it set to travel the high seas. He used um, Dyneema, which is like, it's called a spectra. It's a, a very tough, modern cable, but it's like a rope. And he used that for his standing rigging instead of using uh, stainless steel. So I was a little bit uh, oh, curious about that. But anyway, so they they spent all this time working on the boat. And it was uh, Poindexter's dream to go with his um, wife and sail the South Pacific. They were going to fix up this boat, get it ready for the ocean. And they did so much work. They completely redid the interior, uh, put on a new rear uh, uh, cockpit seat and uh, re-rigged the whole boat, reorganized the uh, cabins, took out big windows and put in portholes, which would be safer at, at the sea. But they never, while they were working on it, him, uh, Poindexter and his wife, never took the boat out sailing. Well, they would take it out maybe once in a blue moon on a very nice day. Well, finally, they decided they would take it out on, on a, a, a day with ha which had a little bit of weather so they could uh, feel for themselves how it feels to be in a, a boat with some weather. And, and so they went out there, and it was a red flag day. All the boats, <laughs> small small craft advisory warnings you know the weather was going to upset small craft well his was kind of a small craft but it wasn't you know i mean it was a 42 foot boat it could stand up to just about anything mother nature puts to it and they went out there and they got their butts kicked and they got so scared they came back in and decided that they weren't going to go to the south pacific and so the dream was over, but the boat was all done. It was ready to go. And so Poindexter had to decide whether to sell the boat, which would have been at a loss of like $100,000, or take the boat to Texas where uh, they relocated. And so it was decided to take the boat to Texas. Might as well go for the adventure, you know, after all of this work. And so Poindexter... And Cliff and I, and Poindexter's friend, um, let's call him Job. He is like <laughs> 80 years old. <laughs> and he had nothing to, I mean, he had hardly sailed at all in his life. He sailed little boats when he was a teenager. So anyway, he had no experience in a, in a sailboat out at sea. So the four of us intrepid sailors left about a Five years ago this month, April 5th, 19, I mean, 2015. And um, so we start sailing down to um, Cabo just, San Lucas. Yeah, I just want to say that I remember the day that you guys left. And I could see the look in your eyes like, oh, this is going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I I, th I I think I actually cast the lines on uh, cast you guys off coming you did. out of the dock because his boat was right next to my boat, and then later you moved your boat over there so that we were both together. But um, 
Yeah, that was a that was a crazy thing. And I'll just mention that um, Cliff, the character Cliff, um, we'll get to the later left the boat and um, came to me to ask me to go down and and help uh, move the boat. So I'm pretty well integrated in the story from a distance. But uh, yeah, it's it, okay. So keep going. You're going down. I should also mention, and you should you should explain this, that a lot of people put solar panels on their boats. Okay, I know Tommy's got solar panels on his boats, but he's got this really clever way of taking the solar panels and stowing them so they're not in the way and and they don't. If you're in a heavy sea, they they actually function really well in a kind of hidden way. But these were like airplane. It was like the tail of an airplane wing on the back of a boat. Okay, and I, I said to everybody, I said, that's not going to work once you get out in the ocean. Tom, you could take the story. You're sailing to Cabo St. Lucas. Oh, yeah, yeah. We sailed to Cabo St. Lucas, and we suffered through a, a, a few storms. And it uh, it knocked a Job around a bit, you know, 80 years old. It was rough on him. He actually, uh, I think he uh, bruised his rib once when the boat uh, lurched and he was down below and he got thrown across the cabin. So he, he's been getting pretty beat up by the storm and he was uh, getting tired of it as well. I mean, uh, a point after. And um, so we uh, pulled into Cabo. We, we also broke a fitting on the boom uh, through the storm. So we had to affect some repairs. So going into Cabo, we fixed the boom, and then uh, Poindexter and Job left. They went back. Uh, Job had had enough, and Poindexter went back to work in Texas. And so that left me and uh, Cliff to sail the boat. But um, I've, I've gone through uh, four crew changes on the whole trip. But uh, I've been through a lot of storms, physical and emotional. You know, you get on a boat out in the high seas and you're sailing it and you're totally in the moment. You, there's nothing else that matters because you're, you're out at sea and you're experiencing the conditions. You're tuned into the conditions of the sea. You're tuned into the operations of the boat. You're totally in the moment. And when you're in the moment like that, your emotions can rise up and they can be more visible, more impacting. <laughs> so anyway, that that's what happens uh, out at sea sometimes. But I've uh, I enjoyed the trip so much. I've seen so many things on the trip. I uh, what was I saw the, how, yeah, go ahead. what was the best? What was the best when you got when you got past Acapulco? Did you stop in Acapulco? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we stopped at Acapulco. Did you jump um, off the cliff? No, I didn't do that. Acapulco <laughs> is a big town. Uh, after yeah. we left, I mean, there was miles and miles of houses and high-rises and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So we just saw a little part of it. The town itself was a little decrepit. We walked uh, from the marina to uh, a supermarket and the uh, infrastructure of Acapulco is uh, is pretty bad, especially right there where, where we walked. I mean, there was wires hanging out of uh, 
of of uh, light poles and all kinds of weird stuff, uh, sinkholes in the sidewalk. But um, when we got back to the marina, everything is just pristine and beautiful. The shower was so powerful it could almost take your hair off of your skin. <laughs> um, Mm. And, but we had a really nice dinner there of surf and turf, and, and we filled up our fuel tanks, and then we left. Um, what was your next stop after Acapulco? Acapulco was our next stop was Nicaragua, I think. Might have been Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Nicaragua, and then Costa Rica, and then um, Costa Rica, Panama. and then uh, Panama. But it, yeah. it was... The the experience itself was, uh, well, I crossed a number of things off my bucket list, let's say that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen the Southern Cross. I've seen spectacular sunsets and sunrises. I've seen the Wel- Milky Way. Um, right. It was, it was like painted like a big, big uh, paintbrush of stardust across the heavens. I mean, it was just beautiful. I saw Venus. It was so bright, it left a trail of light across the water. Right. But one of the coolest things I saw was watching the dolphins dance electric in the, uh, in the phosphorescent water at night. They would mm-hmm. leave these tubes, these undulating zippy tubes of light <laughs> in the water. It was just yeah. fantastic. It was a phenomenon to, to witness. Yeah. I've I've passed through a couple of those those zones and literally you could almost see the entire detailed outline of the dolphin as it's as it's swimming alongside the boat. And and you could look under the boat. You can see like the keel and if you could get for far enough out to see the keel, but you can see everything underneath and all that turbulence. And it's just like, you know, you're sailing in the stars. I mean, we always see that 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 picture where the pirate ship is, you know, in the heavens and sailing, but you know, the, the truth of the matter is it's not that far away. I remember taking a boat down there to through Panama and actually to Houston on the same trip you did. I took, yeah. I took a boat called El Lobo 2, which uh, any of the sport fisher guys in California would know is uh, as that 101-foot custom-made uh, sport fishing boat. Wow. Um, yeah, it was huge. Um and at the time, Nicaragua was having a civil war. And we, we literally, because of the advisories and stuff, never saw the Nicaraguan coast. We, had, we stayed that far out because they had gunboats that they were looking for, you know, boats. Not that the gunboat could catch us because we, we could do 35 knots in that boat because it had a jet engine for... Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, it was jet engine for the and then the props the jet props, so it was a really fast big ass fast boat. You get down through Nicaragua and and in Costa Rica. You, did you stop much or did you just keep pushing? We stopped at Nicaragua for an emergency stop. What you you claim, you proclaim it as an emergency that you have to get fuel. That way, you don't have to check into the country and check back out. You just mm. pull into the fuel dock and fill it up and then leave. So we did that at Nicaragua, and we did it also uh, one night in Costa Rica. 
Mm. And um, so those are the two stops we made. Uh, oh, no, we made another stop in uh, Manzanillo. Mm. And that's uh, the Los uh, Hattis Motel where they filmed uh, 10 with Bo Derek and all that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a neat little town. It's really beautiful. And, um, and that hotel was spectacular. Mm. And so uh, we left there. That was one other place we stopped. And other than that, uh, we didn't stop anywhere else until we got to Panama. Mm-hmm. And, well, tell us uh, about us about and tell the listeners about what it's like to to show up in the Panama Canal or at the mouth of the Panama Canal and you want to go down the canal. Okay. Well, you have to wait. You you register and then you have to wait for your uh, appointment time to go through the canal. In the meantime, you need to get some handlers, rope handlers for uh for the trip and uh uh, you have to have enough people to handle the ropes and we didn't have them we had to gain some more people so we went to the uh uh yacht club and and picked up uh three more people to handle our lines that's why you're going down the canal you have to keep your boat in 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 place and with that you use the lines Mm -hmm. and uh so we got those and then we uh continued down the canal we also had to pick up a pilot and uh so he was there on the on board with the other three people we went down the canal the mirror floors locks were the first one and those locks raised us up to the lake gatun and so we passed through the mirror floors locks we went into uh lake gatun and um we uh, anchored well we didn't actually anchor we tied up to this big buoy and then our pilot was picked up. We were going to stay on the buoy all night long and make the second half of the trip the next day. So that afternoon, we uh, we all jumped in the water and, and soaked ourselves. It was it was um, fresh water, and we had all this salt on us and everything. <laughs> so um, it was a great deal. And then we all got back on board and, and had a little party all night long. And the next morning we wake up and we look down beside the boat as a 12 foot alligator. Oh, so <laughs> that was a, a surprise for all of us. Yeah. You, you avoided being lunch. I take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then we went through the rest of the uh, canal and we ended up on the uh, Caribbean side and, uh, and that was really cool. Um, Two of our line handlers left, and, and one, a beautiful girl named, uh, let me call her Sophia. Anyway, she stayed with us and wanted to take the rest of the tour oh. up to uh, Cancun. And so she sailed with us as our uh, captain's um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> our captain was named Bly. No. Of all things. His first name was Bly. So we called him Captain Bly. And um, but let me tell you, the uh, the trip is made or broke by the personalities and the harmony of uh, of the individuals on board. And um, I uh, I discovered a lot about my own character. It, it's, uh, you know, when you're out at sea 
and the intense and exacting conditions of the sea, my own character was revealed for better or for worse. Yeah. And, um, and that's what, what happens that? what to you ha- out there. What, it, what, it, what was revealed? Well, well, first of all, I came to a much better relationship with my uh, creator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was revealed. Also, that, um, well, it was the character of all the other peoples that was revealed more than yeah. I would think was mine because I can take their inventory and, and uh, you know, they, uh, people's character shows after they've been at sea and, it, and it's sometimes not a pretty sight. Uh, no. Other, I, otherwise... I, 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 I know. I almost. I'm going to do a piece later on um, in the podcasting uh, pantheon of uh, near mutiny that I had uh, while in the Pacific, and it was completely unexpected. Like I never saw it coming. And thank oh. goodness I had a really solid mate with me that uh, you know we just sort of set it all. We we set it all back. We got it relaxed and all the rest of that. And uh, yeah, but you never know about people's character when you're starting to go out there. And after all the crossings I've made, I, I agree with you. you. That's one thing you do. You can take an inventory of who these people are and what they are. Um, and you'll, you'll either want to be with them or not. So, so then you took, then you made, you made Cancun and then you, then you uh, did you go to Belize? Did you stop at the, the big blue hole there? No, no. Actually, we went uh, just a little south of Cancun in this other resort town, just mm-hmm. a few miles away. But the uh, marina was a lot cheaper than it was in Cancun. Yeah, of and course. So, so we went to the marina there and uh, we stayed there for a while. We all uh, went by bus into into the town and explored around and did everything, you know, had some uh, 35 cent tacos that were just to die for fish tacos and um by the time we came by the time it was to return to the boat we missed the last bus so Mm. we had to hitchhike we had to hitchhike back to the boat (laughs) so um we got picked up by this cattle truck or some farm truck you know a big uh flatbed with with side curtains on it and um and they said, jump in the back. So we jumped in the back, and there were three other Mexicans back there. Um, and they were putting on really nice clothes. They were taking off their work clothes, which were all dirty and dusty. And they were putting on this, these uh, super uh, formal uh, clothes. And, and we asked, what, what are they doing? And they said, they were the uh, band for the big resort there, oh. the hotel. <laughs> they were the they were the hotel's band, and then Bly, he exaggerated a little bit, but he told those guys that I was a professional guitar player, and that I would be willing to sit in with them at the hotel. Uh huh. And so they said, "Well, come on, let's do it." And so <laughs> I uh, put on the best clothes that I had, which weren't very much, which which was a, a nice Hawaiian shirt and a pair of uh, shorts and sandals. And we all went to the uh, hotel, and there was the band, and and they recognized me, and they said, "Come on over," and they gave me a guitar to play, and I played a couple songs with them, sat in with them, and, and played a couple of songs in the in the motel. There was a lot of people there, and I got a lot of applause, and 
and it was a wonderful thing. But let me tell you, those band members were top-notch. I mean, they were very good musicians. Yeah. And it's too bad they couldn't make a living. Well, they make part of a living doing that and part of a living working in fields, I guess. Right. But, right. Uh, but that was a good experience that I had there. I had a lot of good experiences there. Oh, that's um, fantastic. So then after you finish... Um, you end up dropping the boat off in Houston, and Poindexter is there, right? Yeah. What What was that like? Well, Poindexter met us in Cabo, I mean in uh, Cancun, or the little oh. town that we stayed. I can't remember the name of the town, but when we got to Cancun, uh, Bly and... Sophia. Yeah, Bly and, and Niles and Sophia uh, got off the boat, and... And uh, Poindexter and Cliff met us there. Oh, so I didn't realize that Cliff came back. Okay. Cliff came back. Cliff left the boat in... Um, in Cabo. No, in Huatuco. Huatuco. Yeah, Huatuco is, uh, is the little town that sailors like to stop at before going across the Tohannapec Gulf. Because right. the Tuanapec Gulf can get really nasty. And so you wait there for a nice weather window to cross that. Well, at that time, uh, Cliff said he'd had enough. He'd, he want, he'd, he'd laid down a bunch of excuses. Domestic things were calling him. And um, so I was flabbergasted that he quit. I mean, we're getting along okay and everything. But he just had enough. And I think he was in over his head doing it. Mm -hmm. Um and so he quit. And so I got to stay two weeks in Huatuco as a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was folks, cool. All expenses paid tourists. And I will tell, it, I will tell you, people, um, if, there's, if there's anybody that has America's credit card, it is Tommy. He could end up with a vacation and not pay a dime in some of the most remarkable places in the world. And it just, it's one of those things that comes to them. That's it. I admire that about you. So uh, you, you delivered about to Houston, then you popped up, and then you flew home, right? Yeah, flew home after that. And um, I wrote my memoirs. No. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah then I got home, and, and everything was uh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great story. And I think you... You brought up a couple of really key elements about how to make these long trips, as well as the color to make these long trips. I mean, knowing that you can declare emergency into Nicaragua and Costa Rica and not have to sign in is brilliant. That's a good bit of information to have. And I also think that, you know, the preparation of the boat, I know that you lost those uh, panels and, um, you know, got the boat and one thing I should say about anybody is going to be doing a long cruising and stuff. If you have anything on your deck tied to safety rails or whatever the case may be, uh, it's got to disappear. Yeah. Or you're going to lose it. That's like a key. That's a key thing because you just don't, you know, when you're in a storm and you just don't know what the storm is going to do, anything that's free and can move around, is going to get killed and you're going to end up having all sorts of problems with that. Oh but, yeah, I agree. When I came back, when I when I sailed my boat up to, uh, by the way, it's a downeaster, not a northeaster. 
down Easter 32 is the kind of boat that I have. Yeah, when yeah. I sailed it up to San Francisco, I had a surfboard tied to my safety rails, and I went through a storm, and it washed away. So that's yeah. true. You, you things that, tend to wash away. I miss that surfboard. I miss that surfboard. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Tom. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate the the stories, the conversation, and as you know, I love you dearly. Do. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Done. Okay. Well, let's go sailing. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Okay. We're good. people want to hear more about tommy where can they hear his music where can they connect with him tommy has some music on itunes um tommy twang on itunes i don't know i don't know tommy is kind of unconnectable so to speak (laughs) kind of a nomad kind of a yeah he's he's he yeah yeah well he's down on the dock down in island marina and if you go by his boat, knock on it, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll play come, yeah, he'll, he'll talk to you and uh, you'll have a, a really good time. Everybody loves to talk to Tommy on the dock. Uh, so what do we have coming next week? Next week, we begin a series of places. It's about how you get connected to places. In other words, we're going to be diving deeper into the real theme of Offshore Explorer, which is setting it up so you can experience a port and the people sort of like you experience your own neighborhood. Great. Our, and, and I should say that our, our first place is going to be one of my favorite places of all time, Simi, Greece. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to rate and review. You can find us on Facebook and at offshoreexplorer.org. You can also listen to past episodes at offshore-explorer.simplecast.com. Our theme song is sung by Paulette McWilliams, with additional music by Tommy Ivisevich. Until next time. Fair winds and calm seas. Down in the South Texas streets of Laredo, I fell in love with a sweet Texan girl.